1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Men's Masterclass. Well, in this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by former England all-rounder, Jenny Gunn. Jenny played 259 matches for England across three formats in an international career that spanned 15 years before her retirement in October 2019. She won five Ashes series, three World Cups and ended at the top of her game. She has now taken a role with the New South Wales Breakers as assistant coach working with Grant Lambert and Gavin Twining. This episode of Mena's Masterclass is brought to you by NordVPN. To grab your exclusive NordVPN deal, head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricketunfiltered. It's completely f- risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee and you get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, getting four months for free if you sign up for two years. That's nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered and it has never been a more important time than right now to sign up for a vpn with the increase of cyber crime and online scams you can protect your private information your browsing data and keep your website browsing safe by signing up for a vpn so if you want to access this deal There's a link in the show notes, nordvpn.com forward slash cricketunfiltered to protect yourself from online cybercrime. Do it now. The link is in the show notes. All right, now to Jenny Gunn. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
2: Yeah, good, thank you. Busy day with coaching, so it's quite nice to sit down and talk to you guys.
0: Excellent. Well, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. Taking a position with one of the most successful domestic cricket organisations in the world. What's it like coming into New South Wales cricket?
2: Yeah, no pressure is there there. Yeah. But um yeah, it's quite strange that going from playing against them. Well a few players still involved now, so playing against Ash, um, and Alyssa. So yeah, it's a bit strange now going to coach them. But it's just completely different I think, going from England to Australia. For instance, we're outside today in winter and we're doing fielding sessions outside on the grass so that just blew my mind that <laughs> you call this winter but um yeah it's it's an experience and something i'm learning um every single day but one um i'm enjoying so far and um
0: what has made you decide to get into coaching
2: i've i've always been involved in coaching so i did my level 3 years ago in in england just just because really while I, while i was still playing you just try and get all your badges and and do little courses that you, that you can um and I actually found i enjoyed it i never thought i would enjoy it as much as I do but I really like helping people where where I can and I think this job really allows me to, to help from all the way from pathway um, all the way through to the breakers so I think it suits me at the moment but like I say it's it's always learning.
0: I imagine. Uh, I know you spent a bit of time in Australia sort of throughout sort of just after you retired and then you were here for some of the COVID period or just beforehand um, so you sort of played domestic cricket here, played club cricket I think is it Sydney Cricket Club you played at? So you've got quite a you know a lot of experience um, with the Australian women's domestic scene. How does it compare with, say, the similar levels in England?
2: Yeah, so I played a, a few seasons for for Sydney and played state for South Australia and WA. So I've, I've been around Australia quite a bit, but COVID sort of kicked me out in a way. Just. In a way, I wanted to be home to be around my family, so I, I tried to do it back then in two thousand and nineteen to move out here, but um yeah, things just didn't work out, so this is my second bite at it really but yeah it's it's different because I think you have a lot more better venues to to play on and I'm not saying that England don't, but I think now with the hundred and other competitions, we're getting on the the top grounds that like we just spoke about trump bridge, yeah. like people are playing at the top test grounds in in England, which I think is only going to strengthen the setup and the more people can play on I hate to say as a bowler flat decks (laughs) but you just have to find a way and figure out how you're going to bowl on them and and batting's a bit it's a batter's game isn't it I always say anyway but um yeah yeah you have to you have to learn different ways so I think that's just coming into the England English game now which I think Australia had for a little bit longer but then it just shows with the ashes we're very even at the moment so I think going forward I think we'll push Australia a lot more
0: Definitely. I can feel the other teams in women's cricket catching Australian. Reminds me a bit of the Australian men's team that I think they went quite professional in the the early 90s. Maybe a little bit ahead of some other teams around the world but it doesn't take other teams long to catch up does it?
2: Not now and I think still it's probably hard because you've got Australia and England and I think Australia are probably going to have to have a bit of a development with some of the older players at some point but then you've got the likes of some very young players coming through who who with the um, state cricket they've experienced a a bit more of a high level earlier which hopefully they can just step up straight into it but playing international cricket it's it's always a a big step up even though you play Mm. Um, so yeah that'd be that'd be interesting but I can't remember what your question was no 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 (laughs) No, no it's fine. I was, told you it was a long day. No, no. I, I, was, I was just asking about the, the, the two
0: cultures. So, oh, yeah. So, so with, like, the, the WNCL and the WBBL, um, you know, they're very strong competitions, but the level below in Australia is still building, like the Premier Cricket. What, what, What's the sort of opportunities for young women and girls in England to get into cricket?
2: Yeah, and I guess it's, it's similar. We used to have county cricket, which is still there, but it's just, I think back burner a little bit because they've sort of gone in at the top and gone the hundred and then you go rachel hayhoe flint trophy and charlotte edwards trophy which is 50 over in 2020 competition but again we're playing at the the top ground so i played for northern diamonds who we had Headingley as our home ground wow. it's, yeah it's pretty impressive so you get in the best training facilities in the country best grounds and these are kids some of some of them i mean i was 36 last year I shouldn't say that. Can you take that out, please? (laughs) Um, But you've got kids coming in who are like 17, 18. Sorry, it's on Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 17, 18, playing in the same competition. So they're just exposed to it um, a lot quicker and then you have overseas players come in and it's just going from strength to strength and I think that's where we will start pushing with uh, WBBL um, good Yeah.
0: Australia needs some competition
2: well you do especially when India had lost to Bangladesh that probably didn't help um, women's cricket did it when, oh of course that uh, was a bit of a shock so um yeah you thought India were probably going to be the world leaders for a little bit but that's just had a bit of a setback and um, yeah it's, it's exciting now to see what who's going to take on the Aussies and actually take the the rainers world number one. Definitely. I mean, the the women's ashes was absolutely sensational. For England
0: to claw back from basically six points down to get it to eight all at the end, that's an, an amazing achievement. A bit closer to home, though, where we are, we're at Cricket Central. You're stepping into a breakers team that is on a massive rebuild. It's a young team. The results the last couple of seasons have been different to what the, the system's used to which is great for women's cricket in Australia because it just shows the other states are emerging but you know a lot of challenges as a coach how are you sort of approaching it with um, you know the Gavin Twining and Grant Lambert yeah
2: it was again I came in the back end of last year so it was a bit of an eye-opener because I've seen that like New South Wales win New South Wales win and yeah it is probably challenging and we had quite a few injuries last year so couldn't probably put out the the team we would have Really like to have, but then again, the people who stepped up it's great experience for them, and even some of the pathway players got an opportunity to experience what it's what it's like at that top level so yeah we've we've well they've worked their asses off i don't know what can I say ass yes um they've worked their say asses much worse. <laughs> they've worked their asses off um in the preseason and and yes, they used to be a young side, but not now they've had experience and and hopefully they hit the ground running and, and show what people what they actually can do because We've seen it. We know what they can do, but it's when they go out there, cross that line, and and you just got to show everybody else what what they can do.
0: Any players, you know, that we should be looking out for next summer?
2: I think there is quite a few. I think even Sammy Joe, who's who's one of the older players, but she's still learning, and yeah, it's quite hard to to sling to her and throw to her at the moment because she's just improving her game um, all the time and. I think now it's the the bowlers are showing that no, they can bat. They are all rounders and um, I'm looking forward to seeing Sammy Joe and, and slogging ha- away. Not slogging, she plays a straight back. Okay, nowadays. wow yeah. well, you've done a lot of work yeah. in the off season then. <laughs> she can still clear the boundaries but um it's getting through that she can bat and it's like Hannah Darlington can bat as well and it's just knowing that, that like I said, anybody can bat they can be all rounders and genuine all rounders and, and that's what I'm excited to see that they're just not bowlers. They're Show them. Show them what you can do. I guess
0: w- with women's cricket being so focused on the white ball game, it's really important for players to work on their all-round skills and you know get uh, you know all those jobs in franchises that are going around at the moment.
2: Yeah, and and like I say, ev- everybody has to bat, so why not? Mm. Like Even number 11 or 12, 13, they spent hours batting and hopefully it will come off and they'll show all the hard work that they've put in.
0: What's it like when you are coaching some of these players that are teenagers, very, very young? Uh, it must be it must bring a certain challenge to to really helping those players develop.
2: Um, I think it's just getting. I think first getting to know them, building that trust, and actually what works for them. Um, I mean, we have one girl who probably didn't even know I played cricket, um, <laughs> and then I had to step in for a touch rugby the other week, and they were shocked that I could actually move, and I was like, I only. Re- tired last year but um so I think sometimes that just get you get a bit of respect to actually showing them that you can still run and and um, do little things like that but yeah I enjoy it getting to know people and and I say that's that's the beauty of it because I think when I first started it was just like everybody just did the same thing and that's not how it works you have to figure out what works and what makes them tick first before you can actually I think jump in and coach them do you look at inspiration to other
0: coaches? Are there any coaches you've worked with who you try and emulate? Is there anything sort of influencing you?
2: Oh, no, I'm just – like I say, I'm learning a lot um, just from Gavin and um, I was going to say Grant then, Lambo. Grant, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? His full name. <laughs> um, I'm just learning a lot from from those two. Um, and I've got a lot to learn, but those two have been around for a, for a long time. And, and it's just nice that I think – because what works well with them um, – Hopefully they will start getting results because they work that they work hard and I've never been around two male coaches who care and do things the way they do so much in women's cricket. So I really hope they start getting the results that they actually deserve. Yeah,
0: huge season ahead.
2: I can't wait. Now
0: we've just come across, come out
2: of a couple of months of
0: you know a real culture war between between Australia and England played out on the cricket field during
2: the the men's Ashes.
0: Firstly, any any um has it been coming into the the sheds being a pommy during the Ashes all okay?
2: Well great because we actually did all right. <laughs> so I was a bit nervous. <laughs> After two tests you're a bit nervous? <laughs> yeah, but um no, it was it was good because yeah, I always look who who like, my favorites are in the England team and stuff and some of the players but I loved that we actually gave it a good crack and we didn't just back down so we, we took it to the Aussies and yeah it was always nice coming in. To be fair there's so many English people who work here. <laughs> okay well we need to sort that out. Yeah so find many. Find <laughs> them after this recording and escort yeah. them out. Yeah so it, it was it was a nice office to walk into.
0: Did, did you see a sort of big difference between the two cricket cultures? I mean it, it was sort of played out in this sort of spirit of cricket narrative after Johnny Besto got himself stumped mm. by wandering out of the crease and then tried to blame us for his mistake but do you, well for a start do you think alex Carey did anything wrong no great good <laughs> uh, well, do you think there is like a kind of cultural difference between the two countries or because you've been up close to both
2: yeah I, I don't think so it's weird because i think if a shoe was in him for australia probably would have moaned as well but um i think it's just in yeah. the instance he's probably more embarrassed wasn't he that he actually got out the way he did but i think the annoying thing is that in village cricket now back home everyone's doing that like there's so many run outs just because of that one incident and it just right, shows really? how much everybody's watched it and how much it's viewed so even though it was like probably not the greatest incident it just shows how many eyes were watching cricket and that's what you want don't you you want people mm-hmm. you want bums on seat people watching cricket and i think the england australia battle that's really put cricket on the map again
0: yeah and, and you don't think that England and Australia sort of have a different notion of spirit of cricket? Because Australians have always been a bit tougher. Like, we're going to play to win and that's it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. What can I even say? Like, sandpaper gate? I don't know. Say whatever you want. Say say whatever you want. Well, that's sometimes I question some of the spirit of the game that Australians do as well. So I just think it's, yeah, it's not ideal sometimes, but you go hard, don't you? And I think whatever happens on that line, that's how I've been brought up. You just, the thing is cameras are always on you, so how can you not think you're going to get away with stuff mm. sometimes but i just think they both both countries go hard and it's got to be in the spirit of the game but at the end of the day i think it comes down to the umpires and the rules like just follow the rules laws but laws, anyway that's it, yeah <laughs> um
0: yeah you know you mentioned sandpaper gate and but i do think it's interesting that you know like the english crowds love to give it oh. to warner and smith mm. and i i actually think if you look at the way the English crowds behaved during the men's ashes, that it wasn't great. I mean, you know, the Lords um, stuff where the players got harassed during the long room, I mean, you would have played at Lords a number of times. Can you imagine that happening?
2: Not in the long room. Like, if that, I think that was the worst thing because I get – I know it's annoying, but, you know, in the stands you'd always get a bit of banter and, and mm. they've probably crossed the line a little bit this summer. But then if, if we come over here – we get it back as well, so it's. I think you get that it's in the long room. I don't think you expect that, and and yeah, it's it's not it's not what people want to remember cricket for. And hopefully, the the people have, are dealt with who actually probably think they're better than everybody else, and mm. and probably won't ever get to go in the long room again. So, I think that's probably the best thing for cricket.
0: I do think England fans are a little bit more relentless because of the football culture. I mean, just, just on the chanting, like Australia doesn't have that culture of going mm. to the football and singing songs every weekend. You know, if yeah. you go to a cricket game here, the a- atmosphere is actually quite subdued. I don't know if you've been to many games here, but it, it's not quite as, raucous, well, as it is. raucous. I
2: went to a football match, soccer, and I couldn't believe it. Everyone was so friendly. And I was like, this is just so not, like you say, the English, it's, it's the hooligans and stuff. And it's just not... It's so much nicer to watch sport over here than it is back home at times, and I, I agree with you. I think it's going into football crowds are going into to cricket now, and I think the basketball and all that has probably brought in new crowds a little bit, which I think have come from football.
0: Definitely, and I do think there's also been this, I know, piling on of the Australians since Sandpaper Gate that I don't feel is warranted. That I, mm. those players made a mistake, but you know. So I, sometimes I think it was a bit unedifying some of that stuff during the the Ashes. It's interesting hearing your view on it. So when you so you've had a lot of so looking at your playing career, I wanted to, to, oh to get away from England <laughs> v Australia because um, I could talk for hours about it. But um, you know, wonderful career, World Cup winner, Ashes winner. You won an Ashes here, I think in twenty thirteen fourteen. So you sort of ticked it all off. What what was couple of the highlights from your playing career.
2: I think early on in oh nine, winning the World Cup out here that was pretty special. The only thing is we didn't play Australia in a final. so Great to Kiwis, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so that makes it a bit – yeah, it's great to win, but you want to beat Australia, I think, in a final. And then the Test match was pretty special to to win at the WACA. So that was the 13-14 yeah. tour. You... and it was like 43 degrees on, on the wow. ground, and everyone's like, oh, the Poms won't survive. We're like, well, we get two hours, you have a break? So it's like <laughs> – and also they forget that most of the girls in Australia aren't from WA, so they have to struggle as well. But that that was pretty special to to win the ashes out here, which then I think we literally kept the ashes for a few years after that um, because it's always harder to get, get them back. But then obviously the 2017 World Cup, just like probably one of my last proper games for England with my family could be there. That's, that's a special thing, having a home World Cup where everybody can come and watch. All
1: right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more in a moment.
0: Welcome back to Manners Masterclass. I'm joined by former England all-rounder Jenny Gunn. So am I right in saying the 20, 2009 World Cup final you missed with an injury? Yeah, calf. Calf injury, mm. but then you played in the 2017 World Cup final at Lord's? Yeah. Uh, the 50-over World Cup, that was where Australia lost in the semi-final.
2: Well, we got core didn't they? Core yes, smashed up off.
0: to a, an amazing innings from Harman Precourt. Yeah. But that 2017 Lords final is sort of seen as a turning point in women's cricket. And it's obviously, since then, there have been some huge events, but that was a real showpiece occasion for women's cricket and the fact that England won at home. I mean... What did it do to the the view of the sport?
2: Yeah, and to say we've, we'd won previously Ashes and and World Cups, but I don't think nothing really got done as much as it could have done. But 2017, I think, because women's cricket was sort of on the map. But 2017, winning it in that really like just everywhere. I remember the next day we were all in the papers, um, just that we won the World Cup, and in papers we never we're not normally in, so that was pretty special. And I think the ECB really kicked forward. With women's cricket, and, and I think also with the men, though, the men winning um, in a few years, and that's what you want. You have to keep winning for people to mm. want to come and watch you, and I think that's what's really helped um, the whole England setup um, over the last few years.
0: But yeah, but just to have a, a women's World Cup mm. final at Lord's, oh. that showpiece event, was magical. I know the Australian players were so disappointed mm. not to be able to play in that, that match, but that, that must be just a treasured memory yeah. holding a World Cup.
2: Yeah, and like I say, for more, my family just being there because um, it was we're not it's not around the corner, um, London for them. So they all came, and even my nephew, who was like two at the time, who hasn't got a clue, but I still have him trying to bite my winners medal, thinking it was chocolate coin. So, um, and like I say they're gonna, their memories that I'm gonna last forever. And like I say, it's probably one of my last games, but what a last game to have! Absolutely. And you mentioned your family.
0: How much of an influence did they have on your professional career and? Uh, how much did they sacrifice and am I not say your father was a professional footballer for Nottingham Forest Correct. so yeah. runs in the family
2: yeah and he played cricket in the in the summer so and my brother plays cricket um my auntie uncle a ev- like, lot of people played sport but it's I think it's everyone like my my family are from oh, Belarus but um they well, it's they're in war now, That's not right. they? But they they right the came moment. over during war though, yeah. so, so they're actually English now. But they gave up so much for, for everyone basically to yeah. It's when did they leave Belarus? World War Two. Okay. So like years and years ago. So they're English now, but like what they gave up for, for the family is ridiculous, and it's just literally slowly gone down. And what my parents gave up for. So I've got an older sister, younger brother. And we didn't have a. We had one car. Dad was playing football, so I'd used to walk down to the cricket ground with my mum. We walked a mile with my cricket bag every single day to training. So, it's just little sacrifices like that which go a long way to actually. If we didn't walk and live close to Trent Bridge, I wouldn't have played cricket. I wouldn't sat be sat here talking with you today just because of that. But then also, Dad playing football made me want to copy him and follow in his footsteps. So. Um, Yeah, I'm very lucky to have a really supportive family.
0: Now, are you a Nottingham Forest fan? No. No? Who do you support? Blackburn Rovers. Okay. (laughs) Because we do have actually one of the cricket commentators on New South Wales cricket, Robin Chipperfield, is from Nottingham and he's a big Forest fan.
2: Um, I I support them. I look how they're going. But it's it's strange how my nephew supports Forest now because his dad, who's not, Blood r- relative to me loves them. He's got like a Forest tattoo on. <laughs> My grandma supported supports Notts County, random weird. Yeah, and so yeah, no one. Mum supports Man United because he had some dishy players. <laughs> so back was in anyone the day. going
0: for your dad when he was playing? Um,
2: we'd always look how we go. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't born. Well, okay. I, so I, I, when I was four, so we'd always look, and I still looked how Forest do. But yeah, just no one supports Forest. No
0: fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Have you picked up an Australian team now? You're going for the Matildas?
2: Well who who are they playing
0: next? The Lionesses. Exactly. I, <laughs> I mean I was actually thinking about, you know, the success of the the Women's World Cup and I do think in England and we spoke about this twenty seventeen final and with the Australian women's cricket team that they have helped to bring women's sport into the forefront. Mm-hmm. And football's obviously achieved a lot on its own, but I do think that the the steps that cricket have taken have paved the way.
2: Yeah, and I, I think we we're we're very lucky back home because we have very strong rugby team, hockey, football, cricket. We're we're very lucky, and even netball, we got to the uh, the final. So we're very very lucky, and I think it's just about putting it on the map together. Like I don't care what sport they play, kids play, but it's just getting active, um, and I think. Yeah, I'd like to say cricket has helped pave the way earlier on. But, yeah, it's um, it's because I'm supporting the Matildas, but just not want to play England. So, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you take
0: – uh, maybe pride's not the right word, but as a professional female athlete that's had to strive so hard for opportunities to see what's happening now, I mean, it must – really be heartwarming
2: yeah and i'm very lucky that i knew some people who played for england before my time as well and i remember one lady saying they used to catch the boat over to australia it took six weeks and i was like oh my god it's ridiculous <laughs> like we get um even if it was an economy flight we didn't have to do that so hearing the stories of people who have gone before us i think that's what that makes me like warm that we've they've managed to help us we can help the future and that's that's what it's about just literally remembering and yeah, and some people who who there was one Rachel Heyhoe Flint who paved away and was a, one of the first ladies in the the long room. She that she passed away just before the World Cup final, but it just felt on that day that she was there with us. And her son rang the bell at Lords, and so that was that was I think we just literally did everything we could because of again people who who went before us. So um yeah, it's, it's interesting now how, where it's going, and it's only going to go strength to strength.
0: Uh, it's in, it's incredible rise, and yeah, I'm so happy to see the the, the growth of women's sport. I mean, I. Yeah, I think in the 2013 World Cup final that Australia won, the 50 over World Cup, I think was on the Fashion Channel in Australia. I think that that's the story. Fox put on the mm. Fashion Channel, like because they're women. Like anyway, just bizarre.
2: Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that now, would no, you? T- no, I
0: know, and it's it's totally different. Ten years later, mm. I mean, it's a complete transformation. Um, what about playing against the Australians when you were a player? Was it, what was that like?
2: To start with, it was just quite scary having Catherine Fitzpatrick charging in at you, <laughs> yeah. um, mainly at your head. But yeah, you learn quickly. And, and I think when we won the Ashes in 2005, it was the first time we won them, I think, in 42 years. Wow. Yeah. And it was the first time we won, I think, an ODI in, I want to say like 13 years. Wow. Yeah. So That's at that... Big f- run. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was 17 and there was quite a few of us, so Ishigua, Lydia Greenway, Catherine Brunt, we were all 17, 18. And... We didn't know all the history that went before, so actually, you just got kids coming in and thinking, "This is all right." Is it crap? Yeah, and we did, and and we won, and I think that started changing things that we weren't.
0: Were you using mints on the ball like the men's team that no, summer? Or never. Just checking. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even remember back then. <laughs> um, but so you no. probably
2: were. <laughs> yeah, probably extra strong. But yeah, we we weren't scarred. So actually. Once we won one game, we're like, yeah, this is all right. And why, why not? They're, yes, we're a very good side, but they're human. And I think that was the start of where we went and really started to take off. And that was like winning the Ashes in 2005. It was pretty special. Absolutely.
0: And now that you've retired and you're sort of sitting back, I've got here you played 259 matches for England and you were the first ever international player to play 100 T20 international. So, you know, you had such a fantastic career now that it's sort of over. How do you reflect on it?
2: Yeah, it's strange because I feel like I've just blinked and it's gone. And I think I would tell people now to actually enjoy it because it comes and goes so quick, even though that's a 15 year career. I don't think I enjoyed the highs as much as I could have done because, like I say, you never know when your career is going to end, and it. My career ended not by my choice, so it's just a, for England anyway, and so that's one thing I will always probably regret. But like I want to go on my terms. But yeah, it was it was pretty special, and got to meet some amazing people. I'm still friends with and like who? Oh no, just well even like when my teammates. First, yeah, teammates. But even playing for Sydney, I played for Sydney in 08, 09. and back then I had Elise Perry, um, Alyssa Healy just turning up as pretty much kids wow um yeah and I, I was like oh I was like Perry's not gonna make it she's always late because she's playing football and look at <laughs> look what a superstar she is she could have picked anyone but <laughs> she was just this kid always turning up late so I was like that's that's not great but um yeah and I got to see them as as young kids and still seeing Midge now um in the gym just working hard as, as she did back then so yeah and it's that's that's what it's about isn't it cricket you you play yeah you go hard but you make some great mates and and some turn into probably family throughout the years. So yeah, I'm very fortunate.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, I imagine, and you're talking about not being able to soak in the highs. I do think, you know, professional athletes and, even doing anything, even when, when even doing this when you're podcasting, you're so focused on what's in front of you and you're so focused on what's next that it's actually hard to step back because you're in it all the time.
2: Yeah, and I think people, especially nowadays, everyone's in a rush and you mm. don't just sit back. Like, it was brilliant seeing Sam Curdy the day after the penalties. Did you see a picture of her just going into the stands? Yes. That is perfect because why not? That is, she's, They've made history. Go and actually enjoy it because you never know if it'll happen again.
0: Exactly. And you talked about the end of your career. So wh- when did that, when were you dropped from Eng- the England team?
2: So 20, great question, 2018. So I was still in team and came out here just for a holiday for three weeks, did pre-season, like horrible. Like I'm on holiday. I don't want to do all this fitness. Went home and they just said, we don't want you. I'm like, so why have you got me back from Australia to tell me that? Like you could have told me before I went, and then I could actually have a good holiday, like mm. blowout and all that. And so I was like, thanks. So I was like, can I fight for a place? No, nope. they didn't want me. So I was like, thank you.
0: And did they give you any reasons? No,
2: just it just said I wasn't in their plans. But in hindsight, I w- I wanted to play in the 2020 World Cup over here, like pretty special. Of course. Um, and finish, and I didn't get my chance. So just a bit, a bit frustrating. But I, it's professional sport. I can I can accept it. It's just how it was done. I was a bit. It was just a bit frustrating.
0: You've been through a few of those things in your career. You had, I was reading that you were your action was yeah. called into question in Australia 10, oh, ten years before. I got before. banned
2: in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's always from my literally very first game in 2004. I got called into the umpire's room and I was like, I'm 17. I don't know what's happening. And he just said, your action's dodgy. We think you throw it. I'm like, okay. And I didn't know back then, but then my teammates called me Chucky. And literally, that was it. So it the girls taking the mickey out of me actually helped when people were shouting from the, the stand saying, "chucker no ball every single time. and But making a joke of it seemed to help.
0: Yeah, making a joke of think it's always a good exactly. way. But it, it's a real stigma in cricket. I mean, we had in New South Wales, Chris Green, the mm-hmm. off-spinner. He had to go through that uh, the season before last. Yeah. You know, it does crop up every now and then. I heard you saying on another podcast that you thought the Aussies were trying to unsettle oh, you yeah. ahead of the World Cup <laughs> with that report. Mm, yeah. Do you still believe that? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's some underhand tactics if the went that far.
2: Yeah, but I think it just split. Because one thing is I didn't take loads of wickets. I wasn't rapid. And I was nowhere near, like on every single testing, I'm nowhere near uh, the band level. Mm. But yet still people moaned. And I was like, I've got proof, but still no one... Just Aussies don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I mean what what would you as a coach now, if, if a young player had to go through that, you know, what wisdom would you impart on them?
2: I think it's it's probably slightly different now because there are so many more cameras available and the super slow mo and, and testing. I think with media you can probably get on board a bit quicker. Whereas back then there was just more like, here you go, here's some proof believe me or or it's up to you and some umpires wouldn't even believe me after showing them and I was like but I've got proof whereas I think with media they can probably they can either love you or hate you, can't they? Mm. Bring you down or well, you've or got smartphones you. <laughs> now.
0: I played cricket a long time ago before smartphones, and we used to set up a video camera every now and then in the nets. Now I can imagine you just got your iPhone. You can be filming everything, there's, there's every a, ball yeah. shots.
2: Because there's there's cameras there down in every single lane in the high performance ones. But then, like you say, your camera, you can just send it. Like, oh, send it me. I was like, yep, send it there, and you can send it anywhere you you like. And that, and that's the thing. It's like I can prove that I'm not throwing. I can put it on my own social media and say, look, this is blah, blah, blah. And it's up to people if they support me. But it's also like there's a lot more coaches now who have coached with the throwing. If someone's throwing, they know how to deal with it now, whereas before probably it wasn't as many.
0: No, definitely not. Videoing yourself now would be so much fun. (laughs) So I've got here you won five Ashes, three World Cups. What a career. So... Mm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've got a rapid-fire question segment to end. I'm going to throw a few quick ones at you. Okay. Best captain you played under Charlotte Edwards. Easy. Um, messiest cricketer.
2: Tammy Beaumont.
0: Tammy Beaumont.
2: <laughs> Tiny Tammy. Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: But kit everywhere. Saw a photo of her next to Broad and Anderson. <laughs> she is so last small. Last week, <laughs> she looks small. I would yeah. love her. Um, most angry on the field you have been.
2: Catherine Brunt. It's Catherine Siverbrunt now. Really? Oh, me. Hang on, she is. Well, I've met Catherine. you say she? Yeah, you. you. The most angry you've been. Oh, I've been. Oh. I don't know, probably when I get hit for a six. I don't don't really. I try not to be angry. I'm sure it's happened a lot. But I'm sure it's happened. But I try not to remember that.
0: I like it. Good. Um, (laughs) Happiest moment on the field?
2: Um, World Cup 2017.
0: Brilliant. Best batter you have bowled to?
2: Nat Siver. Brunt.
0: Wow, she's on fire at the mm. moment, isn't she? Biggest celebration after a win?
2: Probably Ashes 2013 over here.
0: Big party afterwards?
2: We were in Tassie and, yeah, <laughs> it, someone needed oxygen on the uh, on the plane, so, yeah, not oh, me. Wow, <laughs> with a hangover, they needed <laughs> yeah, oxygen? Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Best opposition, Sledger?
2: I wouldn't say best, but Alyssa Healy doesn't shut up, so. Really? Yeah. Okay, good.
0: Not the best. Yeah, but doesn't Not the up. cleverest.
2: <laughs> um, to be fair, probably not in long enough.
0: Okay. Um, a teammate you would least like to be stuck on a desert island with?
2: Catherine Siverbrunt. Wow, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, she's come up twice now.
2: Yeah, but she wasn't even meant to be in that question, but I've just... No, no, no. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, you're, okay, and away from cricket, your go-to movie. What's your favourite movie?
2: No one's going to know this. Calamity Jane. I, of course, I'm. Yeah, I know
0: Calamity Jane. Only because
2: it's one of my grandma's favourites. So um, she used to love Doris Day. So used to. I can't sing, but yeah, we used well, to sing well, with Grum and granddad. So it's a memory.
0: I didn't expect to get that one. So that's yeah, a classic. <laughs> I bet
2: you won't get that again either. No, definitely <laughs> not.
0: And uh, a go-to TV series,
2: um, Ted Lasso. Wow, Ted Lasso.
0: I was hanging out with Coach Beard the other day. He's a friend of mine. Do you know Coach Beard? No. From Ted Lasso.
2: The the. Is it, yeah, the actual the. His assistant? Yeah, his assistant. You were hanging out with yeah, him? He's is really yeah, he's, he's
0: in Sydney for the FIFA Women's right, World Cup. is
2: what really threw me. Yeah,
0: he's in Sydney for the FIFA Women's World Cup because he does a podcast. Does he actually like football then? He loves football. Oh, he's no. a mad Arsenal fan. Okay, fair. And we used to work percent. together in Amsterdam a long time ago.
2: What a small world.
0: I'm um, sorry, I'll tell him he said that yeah. because it is a great show. He makes
2: it, to be fair, because he's so straight-faced.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to tell him. Else, I'm going to message him later. He's going to the footy. Does on, he actually so. play
2: chess? Good question. I don't know. Uh, He's a smart guy, though. Maybe. But Ted Lasso. Yeah.
0: Love that one. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me on the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm going to be watching the Breakers this summer, so I'll see you around. But best of luck with your new job. No, thanks for having me.